but it's, uh, verse 2 says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, a lot of words there. Slanderers, not a fun, not a fun list, but uh, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And really, to be honest, that the, the, to sum it up, it, it's about, this whole text is about you know, being more of a lover of self than a lover of God is really what it's about. And we went through, of course, went through every one of those words. Remember that week? We, well, we took every word. There was about 15, 16, 17 of them things we touched on and, uh, and, and brought out why and how come these are listed in a list here uh, in the Word by, you know, dealing with, you know, these times of stress. And because what it is, it comes down to this, that um, when you're a lover of self rather than a lover of God, what happens you're going to find out of that is you're living a life that's self-serving or self-striving. But either way, it's, a, it's wrapped around self. And anytime you have that, uh, all it does is opens the door for stress. Because the li this life we're called to live in God isn't called to live this in your own abilities, your own strength, or try to get everything done your own way. Uh, but it's, learn it's learning how to lean on God. The world, you know, is going to be stressed out. And the church shouldn't be like the world. Amen. We should be different. And they should be able to look at us and go, well, how come you're not all stressed out about this? How come you're not all worked up about this? Amen. And uh, so we took a week and we dived into that. And, and then we went to Hebrews 4. Uh, that's where we went last week. Hebrews 4. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 4. And, of course, I think I mentioned last week that uh, we just kind of took about half of this last week, and I'll deal with the rest of it this week, and, and uh, we're talking about the rest of God, amen, and how many know we're no, we need to enter into the rest of God? If you're going to live stress-free, then there's a rest that's available for the people of God. Verse 9, therefore, there remains, therefore, a rest, everybody say a rest, a rest for the people of God, amen, hallelujah. What, uh, what, where are we at? Verse 9? Okay, let's go down. Verse 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. And, of course, that's the bottom line. Stop with your laboring, your striving. Amen. And learn how to lean on God. Amen. It goes on. Let us, therefore, be diligent to enter that rest. Everybody say, that rest. Now, that's, that's key because most of the time he's talking about it in here, he calls it that rest, okay, because he's not talking about, you know, uh, you know, go get your pillow and sleep. Now, some of you probably need that, but come on now. But he's not referring to here, you know, grabbing your pillow and making sure you get a 12-hour night uh, sleep, you know. Are you hearing me? All right. He's talking about, uh, you know, he's talking about a rest, his rest or that rest, amen, and this word means uh, reposing down or to relax. It means uh, to reside poised. It speaks of an ease of mind or a stillness. And this, of course, this word stillness is kind of referring to the one like in Psalms 46 when he says, be still and know that he's God. Okay? So it's not a, a ceasing from doing. It's just a ceasing from your own works, your own labors, or your own striving. All right? All right. And learning how to lean on him, praise God. Uh, when, when you look up this word rest uh, in some of, your, some of the other literature, it brings out it's, uh, his rest is free from all agitation and from, all, uh, from any disturbance. Free from all agitation and from any disturbance. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and really if you stop and you think about it, all the stuff that goes on, pretty soon you get caught up in it. And, you know, it's, you know, agitations, uh, disturbances, and here you are trying to move forward in God. You ever notice when you want, decide you're going to move forward in God, everything else comes up? Am I the only one that ever sees that? You know, about that time you make the decision, I'm going to go all the way for God, man. About that time, you know, four things pop up, and it's like, oh, now what? You know, and, right? Come on. It's just another disturbance. It's just another agitation, just another thing to come in there and just kind of feed in the mix to kind of get you off of, uh, you know, what you, uh, you have purpose to do, praise God, in God. And so it's just trying to create uh, stress or open the door to stress. And uh, anytime you're stressed out, it ain't good because you make decisions that usually ain't good. That's just the facts. I mean, we've all been there. You know, you make a decision when you're stressed out that you probably wouldn't have normally made. 
right? I don't think I'm alone there. And uh, so, it, you know, the more you stay stress-free, uh, the easier it is to, uh, you know, to work and flow in the things of God, uh, to, you know, stay in the Spirit. Come on, somebody, and, and on and on it goes, praise God. And so, uh, as I said, we've been talking about some things, and we talked about entering into this rest. Uh, so let's finish verse 11 here. Uh, we'll just kind of move on down to the end of this and then come back up and dive into what we have here today. Uh, verse 11 again, uh, let us therefore be diligent. So I love this. He says, let us be diligent. That means to really, literally means to extend energies towards something. Be diligent to enter that rest. It almost looks like it's a, doesn't it look like just kind of opposites? But what he's trying to say is this, you have to work to enter into rest and not work to win or work to conquer. Because it's all about leaning on Him, trusting in Him, amen, and you'll find you, you're going to conquer more, you're going to overcome more, amen, you're going you're gonna to win more, come on, right, because you're learning how to rest in, you know, lean on Him, amen, move into Him, amen, pull into that, that place, that, that rest that He talks about, amen, where uh, you're poised, you have an ease of mind, you feel relaxed and still, praise God, free from agitation and disturbance, praise God, amen. Now He says this, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience, and that's what we're going to come back up and we're going to, that's what we're going to dive into here today. For the Word of God, ever say the Word of God, word of God. is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked uh, or exposed and open to the eyes of him uh, to whom we must give account. In other words, he's trying to say there is, he sees it all going on. He knows everything that's happening. He knows what's going on in you. He knows what's going on around you. He knows what's happening, uh, you know, tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen in a week. He knows what happened yesterday. Come on, somebody. He's not, he's not, he, he's not unaware of what's going on. If anybody knows what's going on, the Father knows what's going on. That's what he's trying to say. See, he understands everything that's happening. He knows exactly how you feel right now. He knows exactly what you went through. He knows exactly what that person did to you. He knows exactly what that person said about you. He knows exactly what, who's with you. He knows exactly who isn't with you. Come on, somebody. He knows exactly what's, uh, what, what you're dealing with at home. He knows exactly what the kids are up to. He knows exactly what, uh, you know, the marriage, where it's at. He knows, ex are you with me? He, in other words, there ain't nothing he don't know. So he's trying to say here, wouldn't it pay? To listen to the one that knows what's going on. Okay? Okay. Verse, uh, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, amen, and there's somebody that's on your side here, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, amen. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses or our inabilities, amen but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, because of all this, because he knows all this, because he understands, because he gets it. Come on, somebody. I said because he gets it. Sometimes we just think, well, God just don't, don't know us little people, don't understand how, what we're going through. You know, I've heard one person say, well, how's God ever going to? He wasn't married. He didn't know. He's married to you. Come on, somebody. You're the bride. Come on, somebody. He gets it every day. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Let us therefore come boldly or with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Amen. Grab hold of that mercy and find, amen, discover the grace to help in time of need. And, of course, that's what we kind of dove into last week. So one of those things, coming unto the Father. Everybody say, come unto Him. It says there, come boldly to the throne of grace. Let me give uh, just a couple, uh, put the Matthew's account. We'll come back to that verse. Just uh, again, uh, Matthew uh, 11 and 28 says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And what will happen? Well, he said, I'll give you rest. All right. All right. Verse 28, 9. He says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, see, there's still things that need to get done. There's still things that need to get done. But he says, listen, this is how it works. Yoke up with me. And we'll get this thing done together. 
Amen. So uh, take my yoke upon you. Now, I like how he said my yoke. Because there's a good chance you're probably yoking up to something. It's just a thought I had. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Everybody say learn. learn. Everybody say learn. learn. Everybody look at your neighbor and say you're still in school. Something about school, you know, you got to take tests once in a while. Well, anyway, I'll leave that one alone too. Hallelujah. Amen. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, or in other words, humble, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there another verse on that? Here it is. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. That's good news. All right. We kind of we dove into some of that last week. Amen. So uh, I, I put added this Exodus 33, put that one on it because I think it kind of fits with this whole text. So uh, Exodus 33 and 14, this was the father talking to Moses. And Moses was crying out, show me your glory and uh, up on the mount. And then, but look at this, is what the father said, he said, in my presence, everybody say his presence. It's just key because everything that we're dealing with, when you talk about entering in the rest, that's where it is. He's calling you unto him. You come to me, and I'll empower you, amen, to do what you got to do. My presence will go with you, and what? I will give you rest, amen. So in his presence, we know there's fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. In his presence are times of refreshment, times of restoration. All that's in his presence. But one of those key things in his presence is this thing that we're dealing with tonight is this thing called rest, amen. So it's, it's leaning on Him, trusting in Him, that everything you've been asked to do, you walk it out, praise God, amen. Why? Because you're empowered by Him. So go back to uh, uh, Hebrews 4 and 16, and let's uh, finish this up so we can move on what we got for you today. Uh, Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Everybody say throne of grace. Throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy. Now, mercy, uh, the best way to describe it again, um, you know, when you're going uh, unto God, mercy is available. The word says His mercies are new every day. Oh, hallelujah. And the word says that abundance of grace is available if you just receive it. Come on. But mercy deals with everything from this moment back. Amen. You know, when, when you're feeling like beating yourself up or something, that's when you got to say, okay, I'm not going to hang out with myself. I go hang out with God. I go hang out with God. There's mercy. I can obtain mercy, put all that mess behind me, and then I can take the grace from this moment forward to empower me to fulfill what He's asking me to do. Grace, amen, a gift, a, a favor, right? But it also means, praise God, this is what just the Strong's Concordance brings it out really good. It just says it is a divine influence upon the heart or the core of the center. Amen. Come on. It's the will, the decision maker, the seat of controls, what that's referring to. So that's why I call it the center. It's what everything comes out of the heart of man. Everything, good, bad, and ugly, all comes out of the heart of man. Everything. So what you feed it is what comes out. So what he wants to do, he wants to be the one to feed it. Let him influence your heart. And when that happens, the word, and it says that, that the rest of that definition for grace, a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. So if you're going unto the Father... You're not only obtaining the, the mercy, you're also, praise God, finding the grace, the empowerment, amen, to empower you. And uh, we brought out last week uh, the scriptures themselves uh, define grace as, or I should say they compare grace to His strength, His power, and His hand that's at work. So anytime grace comes on the scene, it's His power, His strength, and His hand at work. So divine influence upon your heart and then reflect it in your life. Amen. So you can do this thing. Still with me? You know, I brought this out last week. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have callings that they never see come into fruition. They have giftings uh, that never manifest. They have leadings from God that never come to pass because they get the leading they get the gift, they, they, they get the understanding of they're called, uh, whatever, and, and, but they don't keep going to God, amen, because just because God told you you're called doesn't mean it's over with. Now go out and do it. He says, no, whoa, whoa, breaks, hold it, come back.
talk to me some more so I can help walk you through this thing. Are you still with me? And, of course, we spent the rest of last week dealing with the fact that grace has got to be received. You've got to spend time with Him. Amen. You've got to draw on it because the Scriptures are clear. You can come up short on the grace of God. Are you with me? Look at your neighbor and say, you don't want to be short on that. All right, so back up to verse 11. All right. Because really, to be honest, this is just part two of this, but it all comes from the same source. You've got to spend time with God if you're going to enter into His rest. I said you've got to spend time with God if you're going to enter into His rest. Let's try one more time. You've got to spend time with God if you're going to enter into His rest. If we're not spending time with God, I guarantee you, you're probably going to live a stressful life. And you're a child of God, you're heaven bound, uh, you know, yee-haw, hallelujah, you got fire insurance, come on somebody. But the problem that happens most of the time is we don't take the daily time to spend with the one that empowers us. You got to do this. I don't have time. Make time. Amen. All right. So, uh, verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest any, anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now, he's talking about the children of Israel in context, and he's dealing with, so he brings out this rest. He talks about this same example of disobedience. Then, verse 12, he goes right in and says, For the word of God is living. And See, he didn't stop for, and, and pause for station identification here. He's talking about something. Back up verse 11 again. We'll get to the word here in a minute. Amen. So he says, he said, don't, don't follow the example of the children of Israel and their, their example of disobedience. They did not enter into his rest. The rest was available. They would not take it due to disobedience. And he says, There's a, there is a rest for the people of God that's still available. And it comes down, it's the same thing for them, as it, or same thing for us as it was for them. He kept saying, come unto me. Come unto me. Come spend time with me. No, we're not going to do it. Moses, you go. Come unto me. No. It's scary up there by the mount. It's no different. Children, it's the same thing. If I go to God, he, he might tell me I'm doing something wrong. Or he might, he might deal with my issue. Or, or, you know, I just ain't got time. I just don't, don't want to do it. Or whatever. There's all kinds of excuses. But the bottom line is, it still ends up being the same thing. Why do we follow the same example of disobedience? And the whole time, God's just saying, if you would just come hang out with me, I will empower you. You can live a stress-free life. You don't have to be all worked up about that. You don't have to be all caught up in that. You don't have to be all, uh, you know, uh, filled with uh, all kinds of distractions and things that try to suck the life out of you. He says, you can come unto me and I can walk you through anything. <clears throat> now, why is this part two? Well, you know, verse 12, he said there, he starts talking about his word. Okay, let's. Let's back up uh, in this text. Let's go to, uh, let's see, I might have gave you some, I don't know what, how much I gave back there, but like verse, uh, verse 7, let's do that. This, of course, is a text out of uh, Psalms 95, uh, talking about the children of Israel and everything when they came out of Egypt and all the issues and problems they had and stuff. And God just kept showing, showing himself strong, and they kept still wanting to do their own thing and, and wouldn't, wouldn't yield. And so it said, he said this, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, everybody say today. today. This is all key. Remember, this is all part of this. Chapter 3 and 4, they're all, it's all talking the same thing here. Okay, today. Everybody say today. today. See, the implication is every day. Every time you read that, it just updated. Every time you read it, it updated. Today, if you will, what? Hear what? His voice. Why? Because God's trying to talk to you. Right? God's trying to talk to you. And God's trying to talk to you every day. 
It's always just, it's just little things, but, but God wants to talk to you about some things. Amen. Sometimes it's big things, but I've found most of the time it's just a little, little, little bitty tidbit things. Amen. God just wants you to, he just wants to help you through your day. All right. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So we know who we're talking about here in the day of trial in the wilderness. So we know who he's talking about. Let's go to verse uh, 15. All right. While he, uh, while it, uh, is said, today, he repeats it. Why? Because he, he wants to make sure you get it. Okay, again, it's, it's, he's quoting out of Psalm 95, but he's trying, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Uh, let's go down to chapter 4, verse 7. Again, he designates a certain day, saying to David, today, everybody say today. Amen. Today, after such a long time as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Everybody say, hear his voice. voice. See, it's today. Every day, God is wanting to communicate with you. Every day, God wants to empower you. He wants you to walk. He wants you to obtain the mercy and find and discover the grace that you need to fulfill everything. Every day God wants to do it, and every day God wants to talk to you. Every day. Everybody say every day. Every. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Wednesdays. He will talk to you, by the way, while you're here. Amen. He's, he's saying things to you tonight. He's saying things to you. On, I mean, we're not taking away from that. God wants to talk to you every day, but he, he doesn't want to just wait for you to come to church before he can say something to you. Because how many know you got stuff you got to deal with every day? How many know you got that, you know, you got, you got, to, you got, to, you know, got to take care of them kids every day? You got, you know, that school stuff and you got work stuff and job stuff and, you know, and, you know, and you got, you know, that marriage stuff and, you know, all that kind of stuff and just going on stuff and everyday stuff. Come on, somebody. And the stuff doesn't seem to stop. It's just more stuff. And here we go, more stuff. And then you got more stuff even then. And then another thing was added. Then we got more stuff. And now he says you got to go to church too. Oh, more stuff. <laughs> right? If you don't watch it, that's how we get as Christians. <sighs> now what? Oh, and the pastor's going to do something else now. He's going to say, oh, we're all going to come praise God some more. Oh, my God. I don't even know we're busy. God, I got so much on our plate already. <sighs> a lot of Christians, that's the way they are. Boy, aren't you a ball of fun. Come on, somebody. Huh? I mean, the world just wants what you got, man. The easiest way to, be, to win souls is just live it. Everybody wants what you got when you're living it. When you're all stressed out like they are, they go, eh, no. Because at least then over here I can drink. And you should say, well, you know, I don't have to drink to have a good time in God. I don't have to, you know, smoke this and shoot this and pop this and come on, somebody. Or zone out in something, you know, <laughs> whatever. You should be able to say, you know, I spend time with God every day, and every day God's doing something, speaking something. Praise God. Are you still with me? Everybody say today. Amen. Amen. Today, if you will hear his voice. Did I give you a chapter 12 on that text, that area? Verse 25. It's it's amazing how much he talks about. He says, see that you do not refuse him, reject him. In fact, that word... um, I thought I put a definition down for that one. Let's see if I did here. De- depreciate. That word refuse to depreciate. See that you do not devalue, refuse, depreciate him who what? Speaks. Listen, for if they, talking about the children of Israel again, if they did not escape who devalued, come on, refused, rejected, how are you, there's all kinds of words in there, but uh, refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from 
heaven. So in other words, a life, I mean, I don't know, I don't think anybody here really wants to live 40 years in a wilderness. Anybody? Well, maybe somebody might. Well, I kind of like it out there in the desert, not you know, having anything to eat. And, I don't know, maybe. The point is nobody, he's just saying, listen, you know, they end up wandering around a wilderness because they rejected him. They refused him. They, uh, they come on, right? They, they wouldn't, they, and, and all it was was God says, come unto me. Come unto me. Come worship. Eh, Moses can handle that. And so the whole time then, they're going on constantly boohooing, murmuring, griping, complaining. Come on, somebody. They go in their tents. They might come out and put on face. Ain't God good? God's good. Yeah, God's good. <laughs> they go back in their tents and they sit there and they whine and complain. Come on, that's what the Bible says. And they murmured in their tents. So God, remember, God sees. Everything's open and exposed. He knows, he knows what you're saying at home. That's why somebody says, well, you know, so-and-so prayed, and, and they believed, and it didn't. No, no, stop, stop, stop. You cannot judge your, base your faith on somebody else's whatever. Because you do not know what they did at home, what they said, what they did, what they didn't do. Come on, you have no idea. Still with me? All right, back to Hebrews 4. This time, verse 12, please. Are you still with me? All right. Verse, four, or verse 12 of chapter 4 says, For the word, uh, let's, okay, let's, tell you, let's back up verse 11 again and read it all together. Sorry about that. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing a division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. He's talking about the same thing. But God sees and knows what's all going on. The word of God. Everybody say the word of God. The word here is the word logos, okay? And many times, you know, we've talked about the difference between logos and rhema. Uh, the word W-O-R-D, word, the word, word, amen, hallelujah, is uh, you're going to see it in either Logos, in the New Covenant, either Logos, or you're going to see it as Rhema, okay? Logos, okay? The word Logos uh, means ins an inspired word, or inspired, you know, uh, inspired, you know, inspired word. It means God-breathed, a God-breathed word. It means, when you look it up, it just means something said, something expressed, something uttered or communicated. In context, he's not talking here about the B-I-B-L-E. I'm going to kick over a, a sacred cow here. It doesn't, uh, it does, it doesn't exclude the B-I-B-L-E. Because all the B-I-B-L-E is, is logos, something that has been expressed or said, that has been then recorded for you and me to continually read, meditate on it until it becomes a rhema word, come on, which means revealed word or a word made to breathe. It also means an authoritative declaration. So when this, you meditate on the word that has been recorded long enough, pretty soon it becomes a rhema is what we want. Right? So then no devil in hell can knock you off it. No circumstance can pull you out of it. Come on, somebody. No person can talk you out of it. Come on, somebody. Because it's now a revealed word. But back to this. He's referring to things that he has been saying to them. He's been talking to them. And they keep rejecting it. For his word, when he speaks, it's living. 
He's not just, you know, sparking up some kind of conversation just for the sake of having conversation. And, you know, I just don't want to say it here, but I'll say this. Oh, you know, whatever. And, you know, if you really, if you'd like to do this, that'd be fine. Or, you know, you don't have to. Uh, but if you, you know, if you want to, you know, maybe. But, you know, hey, you know, I'm just, you know, it's just a thought I had. I just thought I'd run it by you and see if you'd like to do this. Or maybe, you know, would you possibly, like, could you maybe be, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. When he speaks, it's always living. The same God that was speaking to them is trying to talk to you every day. And everything he says to you in your time of prayer is just as living and just as powerful as the Logos word that was recorded for you and me. He's trying to show you that in context, he's dealing with the fact that God was tired to talk to them trying to utter something to them, trying to express something to them, and they kept refusing it. So his word is living and powerful. All right? Now, remember, we're talking about entering into his rest. If we enter into his rest, it eliminates stress. Sometimes all you need to eliminate that moment of stress is one word from God. And all of a sudden, there goes the stress. There goes the pressure. There goes the, uh, the, the wanting to, to back up or the wanting to quit. Or whatever. Just one word from God just is what pulled you through that thing. Are you still with me? All right, it's living and powerful. Now, again, don't walk out of here saying, Pastor said that I ain't talking about the Bible. It is too, but it's dealing primarily with a word being spoken. Got it? All right, so don't walk out of here saying I took something away from you. All right, so living. Let's talk about it. Living. Let's define it. The word living here, the word zeo is the word here. So it's like zoe, but just, just refer, it's zeo, okay, which means a word that's alive or lively. Um, I think some translators use the word like quick, okay, but it means, it means uh, something that's prompt, swift, or ready to do, amen. But get this, this word living also means having vital power within itself, Amen. So in other words, when God talks to you within those words, there's vital power, amen, to bring life, amen, into whatever situation you're in. You may feel like I'm in a situation where it has no life, then when you're hearing from heaven, one word from God can bring life into a situation. That's all it takes. You can be all caught up in something and, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God just says, it's all going to be okay. And you just, you just receive that. Amen? And you, you mix that word with faith, and all of a sudden, praise God, hallelujah, it's all it took. And all of a sudden, now the stress is gone, the anxiety is gone, the fear is gone. So His word, when He talks, amen, the point's being made that you're coming unto Him, amen, to enter into His rest, and part of that is by hearing from heaven. It doesn't have to be some major thing. Sometimes it's just a simple little word from heaven, and it just, it just turns that thing around, and everything's doing all right. Amen? All right. Uh, living and powerful. The word powerful, uh, energis, we get a word energy, which means that which is active, operative, or effective, or effectual. Or it means something that is able, competent, or qualified to do something. All right? How many know not only is word is living, but it's powerful. It can get the job done. I said, it can get the job done. It, all it was is a word that said, light be. That same word. Same logos. That, light be. There wasn't even a sun yet. Read it. The sun ain't, he hadn't, hadn't put the sun up there yet. He just said, ah, we'll need some light on the subject. Light be. Scripture says light was. Amen. And it was a word. Amen. Hebrews lets it be known that, that everything that was seen was made from something that was not seen. His words. He spoke something. So that same God that created everything is the same God that wants to communicate with us every day. And just a simple word can bring life, can bring, uh, can bring energy and power into a situation. Amen. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I like that. 
The word sharp here, I think I might have defined that. The word sharp means it's more comprehensive, it's more decisive, it's more keen or aware or insightful, okay? So it's sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, it knows exactly how to get in there where it needs to get in. Are you hearing me? This might, be, this might be a real deep revelation, but guess what? God seems to know more than we do. I know it's a deep revelation, you know, but when you get it, it's amazing. I think Trudy made a comment the other day, and didn't she do good the other day? That was an awesome word. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but she brought out, you know, isn't it amazing how you, you know, the, the, the older you get in the Lord, the more you grow in God, the more you realize you don't know nothing? <laughs> and it's not that you're ignorant. It just comes, you just realize, you know, when it really comes down to it, he just knows everything. So I just, you know, I just have to learn to just lean on him because he knows exactly how to get in there and handle things, all right? Uh, so he, the, his word, when he speaks, amen, it's living, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And then he starts talking about some things. And, and many of you that have been here, uh, you know, for, you know, a year or so, you've probably heard me touch on this once or twice in there. Uh, but it means the piercing, even of div, uh, division of soul and spirit, okay? So let's just look at some of this, because remember now, God is trying to talk to us. Are you going to let him talk to you? Now, things might get said. Have you ever had God talk to you about your attitude? Now, what did you do with it? Right? See, it's one, you know, it's one thing for God to talk to you about it, but then you have to see you can't follow after the same example of disobedience. So God's talking to you about your attitude, so you, know, you don't just go around and say, well, God's talking about my attitude, but I didn't change, but, but God talked to me about my attitude. He said, your attitude stinketh. So what you do about it? Eh, it's still stinking. <laughs> so we can't follow after the same example of disobedience, except when God starts talking to you, we start making adjustments and changes. Remember, we're trying to eliminate stress. Sometimes our attitudes create the stress. That's just one of many things. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad he's talking about your thing. <laughs> All right, anyway, praise God. Uh, between soul and spirit, okay? Well, what's he talking about here? Well, uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, whether it's a self thing or a spirit thing. God starts talking about stuff. So all of a sudden, you're, you're dealing with stuff, you're going along. You ever had the question, was that me or was that God? You know, is that, is that me supposed to, you know, is that, just, is that just me? Is that just in my head? Is it just, you know, is it my mind? Okay, is it, is it just me? Maybe I'm caught up emotionally about this thing. Uh, you know, remember, it's not soul, mind, will, emotions, come on, mental faculties, or spirit. Um, see, it, that, that. That word can be that thing that goes right there and kind of cuts right between them and let it be known. That thing that you just thought, that was you. Or that thing you thought, amen, it was me talking to you. Come on, somebody. And you know the difference, whether it's a God thing or it's a self thing. Come on, somebody. And then so that, that word right there, it just eliminates some stress because you might have been over there just stewing on, man, I feel like I'm, but then I, Man, should I? Oh, I don't know. I think I, but maybe if I do it, but then what is going to happen? And what's going to happen? If, and oh, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it goes. And you're just stressing yourself out for no reason. Yeah. Oh, it took it just instead all that time. You know, right there, I probably what I probably went about mm, 15 seconds. And most people, it's probably going to be a day and a half. <laughs> right? Come on, yeah. you could just stew on stuff for a length of time and just think if you were to just just settle down. And go get quiet and still before God. Let God talk to you about it. And all that had been gone. You wouldn't have had to stew over that for a day or two or a week or two. Come on. God's just trying to listen. All it takes one word from God. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. So between, joint, or pardon, between soul and spirit, uh, between what that, so that comes in there, and it can define between joint and mara. Okay. And miss, some of you have heard me talk about this. Uh, how many know, uh, you know, an elbow, I just went through two weeks, of, you know, just off and on kind of, it all took a little, little disc problem in my lower back and, 
Like, ugh, you know, you think, ugh, how can something so, so little be so painful? And just wipe you out of commission. <laughs> something so stupid, that little, right? How I many know that's important? To have that working right's important. I got a funky finger. Look at that. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I broke it playing football one time. And uh, so Doc looked at it and he goes, oh, well, okay, get back out there. So anyway, just taped it up and went on. And of course, now it's all weird looking and funky and bends weird and pops and weirds. And just, and you realize, wow, that would have been nice if that worked right. Or you mess up a wrist or an elbow or a shoulder. Come on, somebody. It's a joint. That's important. Right? They're important. I mean, God knows what's important. See, but it says, and of joints and of marrow. Marrow isn't just important. <laughs> it's critical. Right? And that's what he's trying to show. See, the Lord could come in with one word. Just kind of go in there and tell you, you know, that's important, but this here is critical. You know, you start dealing with relationships. You start dealing with, with it could be all kinds of areas. And you think, well, well, you know, the Word says. Well, yes, the Word says that, but right now, this here is critical. Let that go for right now. Focus right here. Well, because that word, that word from God can come in there and let you know really the difference. And sometimes we will fight tooth and toenail for that which is important. And that which is critical is killing you. I don't care. This over here is important. Right? And it's silly. One word from God can come in there and say, yo, dude, settle down. You're creating all this tension and pressure in the house, and you, you, you're missing the point. But one word from God, you know, takes it. This is something so simple, and you just, just kind of sit there, and you just let the Spirit of God begin to speak, and all of a sudden, He just tells you, you know that thing you're all worked up about? Let me help you with that. And that's why it's so important that's why you don't want to spend time with him, because it's those kind of things that can, can hang you up. It's those kind of things that can, uh, can destroy relationships and, and can destroy a business. It can destroy a church. It can destroy your life. So that word there divides between soul and spirit, that which is of God or what's of man, that joint and marrow, what's important versus what's critical. And it is a discerner. This is amazing. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Thoughts and intents. Okay? Deals uh, with motives. Your ambition, selfish ambition. Is that a selfish ambition or not? Is that a God thought or not? It helps you when God begins to talk. It brings in a level of discernment. Come on. See, it comes in there and decides, is that really a thought you need to be thinking about? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we talked about that earlier about an attitude. Sometimes, you know, we just let stuff get to us. And one word from God could just say, no, leave that alone, please. Just let it go. Man, I've seen, uh, you know, offenses and things that come, and we're just not going to let it go, man. God, Just one word from God, he'll just tell you, listen, let that alone. It's killing you. See, so many times it just took one thought, and we're just gonna we're gonna suck on that like a baby bottle until we get everything we can out of it. And the whole time it's killing you. Spirit of God, one word from God can come into that, that two-edged sword, just kind of comes in and just says, listen, that right there, don't need that thought. That, that's, that's right there, that's, that's, more, that's more self. You got too much self in that. We need to pull that back. Sometimes you're straining at stuff 
And, you know, I've had to, I've had to live on that uh, for just dealing with ministry and with the church and some things. This is why we tuck them under the shirt. Okay. Are you still here? All right. This is why, uh, you know, just, just stuff dealing with ministry. If you don't watch it, pretty soon you're caught up in everything. You know, we, uh, we, we take time and, and, you know, go to, you know, ministers' conventions and things. And, and you know, you, you know, you know they, the people that speak are usually people that really got it going on. Just the facts, right? I mean, they're not going to pick some dud, <laughs> right? <laughs> some guy ain't got it working. So they got these guys up there, they, they all got it working, you know? And it's all happening and flowing, and they've got, you know? And so you sit there, and man, pretty soon you're like, man, I'm going to be just like them, man. I'm going to be just like them, man. I'm going to have a reason to go to this place. going to have that, going to have this. This is going to happen. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Man. Yeah! <laughs> the Spirit of God goes, whoa, son. Dude, I called them to that, not you. But if you don't watch it pretty soon, like, I'm going to make that happen. Why is it not happening? Well, we all do cell groups. We all got to do cell groups now. Come on. Now, God ain't told you to do them. Otherwise, you're going to strain, and you're going to strain, and you're going to strain to make something happen. I got to have this, and I got to have that, and I got to have this, and I got to do that, and I got to have a youth like this, and the Sunday school like this, and the nursery like this, and pretty soon it's like, I'm wore out and stressed out, and this ain't how it's supposed to, this ain't no fun. I took all the fun out of ministry. Pretty soon you're comparing. Come on now, get on something else here. Okay, you're comparing one to another. That's why it says it's so dangerous. Because while well, you're like, pretty soon you're like, hey, woman, how come you ain't like that woman? <laughs> Buddy, here comes the stress. <laughs> or, dude, how come you ain't like that guy? Now we all got trouble. Come on. But just one word from God, and we're not sitting here trying to compare. We're not trying to be like everybody else. We're not trying to do what everybody else does. We just hear from heaven. God walks you through things. He may say, yeah, that's a good thing for this. Let's make that adjustment, or let's make that change, or let's try to, you know, let's get that implemented in your life, praise God. One little word, he could just say, you know, let that thing you're, you're thinking about and meditating on, that's going to kill you, so let it go. Don't worry about all that. That one thing that that person said, that one thing that, that, that was done to you, let that go. Because all it's going to do is it's just going just to stress you out. Pretty soon it's going to make you die young. Hello, somebody. Remember his words says that, you know, you should live long. Come on, somebody. There's longevity in God. Amen. You know what Spock says, live long and prosper. Anyway, anyway. Somebody said, who's that? <laughs> Is that a new preacher? No. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys that are way out there. Yeah. Anyway, praise God. Okay, put, uh, let's see, put Deuteronomy 30. Put this up, and let's look at some of this, because um, dealing with the children of Israel, okay, uh, Deuteronomy 30. We'll spend a little bit of time in Deuteronomy here. Um, Deuteronomy 30, he says, for this, uh, for this commandment, which I command you today. Now, so most time you read that, first thing you think is Ten Commandments. But when you look it up, it means an utterance. This thing that I've spoken to you today, this thing I've commanded, this thing I've, I've uttered, all right? So he's talking to them about different things. And so he says, this thing I command you. This is, so in other words, his words, when he talks to you, it's not just a suggestion. Just a thought. So this commandment, which I command you today, uh, is not uh, too mysterious or too hard uh, uh, for you, nor is it far off. In other words, uh, and that's just the truth. God's his word is, uh, it, when he's talking to you, it's usually sim something simple. Come on. It's nothing complicated. Are you still with me? Okay, let's go to verse 12. Let's see here. Let me get it on my notes here. We're at 31st. 
All right, verse 12. Uh, for, uh, for, uh, pardon me. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend, uh, um, uh, you sh- who will ascend into heaven for us uh, and bring it to us that we may hear it and, and do it. In other words, it ain't complicated. In fact, this is all uh, quoted again in, in Hebrews 10. Uh, nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, uh, who, who will go over uh, the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. In other words, he's trying to say, listen, it ain't something that you, God wants to talk to you. It ain't something complicated. It ain't like you have to go to Timbuktu to somehow hear from heaven. He's just trying to show you. He'll talk to you right where you're at. Okay, okay, going on. Verse 14, uh, but the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you uh, today life and good, death and evil. Remember, remember now, he laid it all out. This is what life, this is death. This is the blessing, this is the curse. He's trying to define it to him. So he said, I laid it all out for you. And in, in that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands or his utterances, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. In other words, the blessing is in following Him. Are you hearing this? But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods or other things, other idols, right, and serve them. How many know distractions kill? Come on. I, I announce to you today that you uh, shall surely perish you shall not prolong your days in the land uh, which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. He's letting it be known. Listen, just follow me. If you follow me, it's all going to work. If you don't, you're in trouble. You know, you stop and you think about it. A wilderness, you don't want to be in a wilderness and not hear God. Because you're going to die in a wilderness. There are things crawling and doing and happening and... You hear it? Nobody wants to be in a wilderness. Okay. Anyway. All right. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. In other words, you ain't going to be able to go around saying, I didn't tell you. And you ain't going to be able to go around saying, well, I didn't know that. You're not going to be able to go around and say, well, nobody told me. Come on. He says that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, amen, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Now, the point is, understand, okay, this is, uh, this is him talking in the Old Covenant to the children of Israel, but he goes back into the, into the New, or pardon me, moves forward into the New Covenant, and he's talking to you and me that the same God that was trying to communicate with him is trying to communicate with you. And if you want to live a long, prosperous life, you, then you're going to have to follow when he leads. But if you keep ignoring him or you don't never go take the time uh, to even hear, then chances are you're going to make some decisions that you don't want to make. You're going to move forward when you should be going back, or I mean stopping. You're going to stop when you should be moving forward. You're going to invest when you shouldn't invest. And you're not going to invest when you should be investing. Come on, somebody. You're going to say words that you shouldn't say. You know, instead of letting something, you know, saying the right word that can bring healing, instead we're saying something else that just caused World War III to break out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just saying that he, he's saying that, this, listen, nobody wants to be without uh, God. He's your life. He's your all. He's your everything. The New Covenant says that He is your source of sufficiency. Do you know, even, even in John 10, he talks about that, that uh, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. But in context, he's talking about the good shepherd speaking to his sheep. My sheep Hear my voice. My sheep, follow my voice. Right? Come on. Right? Right? They know my voice. They hear my voice. And they follow my voice. And so he's saying that if, you're, if, you're, if you come to a place where you're, 
Amen. You're knowing His voice, hearing His voice, and following His voice. The thief can't come steal, kill, and destroy because He leads you around. If you, if you read Psalms 91, a wonderful psalm dealing with, with divine protection. But you can't have Psalm you know, 91, verse 3 on, all that, yeah, without reading and getting a hold of verse 1 and 2. So you go to the secret place, you're communing with the Father. Come on, there's a covering there because you're, you're, you've come in, praise God, the hoopah, right? The covering of blessing is over you now. And you're in that secret place communing with the Father. And the Word says He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from perilous pestilence. And then it goes on about all the great things and the angelic hosts and how you're protected at this and protected at that and protected at this. But if you never come into the secret place, you don't spend any time, you're not communing, you're, out, you're outside the hoopah, and this whole time that covering should be right there, and you're outside of it, and you're living a life out there, you're, you're falling into the snare, you're falling into the trap. You get caught on this and snagged up on this and caught in this and snagged up on this. And the whole time, more stress, more issues. Now what? Where are you, God? God said, well, where are you? Adam? Adam? Where are you? Do you think God didn't know where he was? God knew where Adam was. He wants to know, Adam, do you know where you are? <laughs> You're running around buck naked trying to stitch leaves together and hide what you can and all confused and caught up in this and caught up in that. Now you're hiding? You're all fearful and do you know where you're at? And God is the one that sees it all, understands it all, knows what you're going through, knows what's happening, knows what's going to happen tomorrow, knows what's going to happen in a week, knows what's going to happen in a, in a year. And he just tries to give you little insights to help you and walk you through this and, to, and give you understanding that, okay, that, were, that, was, that was you, but this is me. All right? That thing there, yeah, that's, that's a wrong thought, but, but here, okay, that, 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 no, that's, that's, that's your own ambition. Just come on, bring her back over here. Stay where I put you here. Come on. And just those little things can save your bacon. You get a little bit out of step and, I mean, you know, first step or two and, you know, most people don't even notice. But you keep going down a certain path, you're off a degree or two. You get a mile down the road, man, you're, you're in the next town. And you know what I mean? And then, then we get all bummed out and mad and upset about everything and that people and our, our job and our boss and, and where's God and, I, you know, how come he ain't providing or how come he ain't this or ain't that? And the whole time God says, come, come, let me help you. <laughs> and we, we go along and we just think, well, I ain't got time. I got to stew and frat and be all kind of stressed out here. Leave me alone. Think about the time that we waste doing that. The times we waste having to fix something. The time we waste, you know, and, you know, I use this as an illustration, but it makes, uh, to me, it just fits all the time because, you know, how many things that we're trying to believe God to Get a, get a miracle or a breakthrough when all along, if we just heard God a month ago, we wouldn't be needing that, need, needing that thing right now. Now, if you need a miracle, go get it. Amen. I'm not telling you not to go get your miracle. But I'm just saying, but think about how many times, you know, God says, you know, put down the bacon double cheese, son, please. Seven of them is enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway. You know, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, he could just talk to you about, you know, stop saying that. Stop, stop looking at that person like that. I mean, I remember times being so worked up. God, just 
take that person out of my church and get them gone. I don't want them. Somebody's looking. I said, you? I don't know. I'm talking about early on, the Spirit of God says, why? This is just one word from God. Why don't you pray for them? What a concept. Well, I would, I'd rather be mad and upset and, you know, if I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray them out. Well, God's not in that, so, right? So, well, that's not going to work, son. It's just going to get worse. And I started praying for that individual, and I learned, I praise God, I learned that pretty early on. And I just started, you know what, I'm just going to start praying for that person. And I just started doing what God said. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, man, your heart is now connected. You're now in love with the person that you, you know, you weren't a while ago. (laughs) Right? And all of a sudden, your heart's, and it isn't long, and the Spirit of God begins to open things up and show you what that person's going through, what they're dealing with, what has happened. And all of a sudden, it's like you've got nothing but compassion now. And you get it. And you think, well, yeah, we can pray. Let's get that changed. Instead, you know, you were trying to kick him out. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. Now, don't look at me like I'm some mean preacher. <laughs> Come on. Most people in the church, they, they don't, they, that may not be what you pray, but what you do, you just don't come no more. Well, so-and-so's there. I ain't going there no more. Oh, okay, that was God. Right? Right? <laughs> now, I'd never pray that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I thought this, this would be a good place. I'll throw this one since, you know, the, the Word says that the house of God is His place of, of rest. So, you know, that's, you know, Coming to the house to hear a word can be a place of rest, amen? So you don't want to avoid the house. Anyway, just a thought. So I throw that out there. But the point is, okay, it's, if you want to live the abundant life, you want to avoid the thief, you don't want to get caught up in the snare of the fowler, amen, then what, what's going to have to happen? Well, you're going to have to have an ear to hear, amen? And the Scripture says his sheep, they know his voice and the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. The more you hang out and you get to know his voice, what are you throwing at me, John? <laughs> Jackie. I didn't want you to water it down. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, hear the voice of God. Daily. Daily. It's daily. The same God that created it all is the same God that wants to talk with you about whatever. And if he knows all, man, it pay to listen. You know, one brother said at one time, he says, you know, I'm in the presence of some great people. And he says, I just learned I'm not going to do any talking. Don't need to because I'd rather hear what they have to say. Amen. And I think about that with God. You're in the presence of an almighty God trying to do all the talking. And there, I mean, there's a time for petition, there's a time for the prayer of faith, time of making your declaration, time of your confession of faith, uh, a time of, uh, you know, of, of uh, maybe travail, a time of uh, intercession. We're not taking away from any of that. But you need, in every time with God, there needs to be that stillness, amen, and knowing that He's God. Let Him be God. Let Him ta- Give Him time to talk. Come on, somebody. And it's not that God's you know, up there trying to think of something to say, amen, right? It's just, it's about us being in a position, a place where we're going to be listening. Because sometimes we're like, God, you better hurry. I mean, like, come on, dude. I mean, I got like three more minutes and prayer's over. You know what I mean? God ain't moved by your clock, not moved by your calendar. He ain't moved by your need. Come on, somebody. All right. So when you go to God with an understanding and I'm just going to be still and know that he's God, at least give some opportunity in there, let God speak and say something. And usually it's just, it's just every now and then it's just a simple little thing being said or done. Sometimes he'll, he'll walk you through something, completely through it, and that's great. 
but I found that most of the time it's just most of the time it is just simple little things about this and about that, about this and about that. And that then I write that down and I go on with my day. Amen. And sure enough, this, 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 and this. It <laughs> he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> right? And it was just simple little things. And so it takes all the stress out because what have you done? You've entered into his rest. Did you get something tonight? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And just, just you know, for whatever it's worth, I think, you know, I think it's worthy of saying it, but <clears throat> don't go around saying I can't hear. Don't do it because that's not what you say. Because the Bible says his sheep know his voice hear his voice, and follow his voice. So what you say is, I hear the voice of God. Amen. Pretty soon, that, like that antenna gets up to where it belongs and gets you all dialed in, and pretty soon you're hearing a lot more cleaner and crisper and cleaner, or, you know, uh, clearer all the time, praise God. And I guarantee you, life gets different. Amen. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Thank you so much for your word, and thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just for, really, for a people that have an ear to hear what you have to say on a daily basis. And Father, we, we invite, hallelujah, you. We invite the spirit within, hallelujah. We invite, hallelujah, Lord, just your presence, hallelujah. We invite, hallelujah, your your voice, hallelujah, We're, we want to hear, hallelujah, clear, we want to hear every time you speak, we want to hear, hallelujah, what you're saying today, hallelujah, and we're going to hear tomorrow what you're saying that day, hallelujah, and Father, I give you praise for a people, hallelujah, that mix faith with everything you say, hallelujah, and a corresponding action, hallelujah. And as a result, walking freer and freer and freer every day, a stress-free life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Come on, somebody. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.